Welcome to the Finance and Property Survival Guide. My name is Damien. I'm a 24-year-old from Newcastle, Australia. When I finished high school, I felt like a lot of my education left out the most important things that I needed going forward. Stuff like getting a mortgage, budgeting for big purchases and investing were never talked about or explained in any great detail. I want the Survival Guide to serve as a middleman for anyone looking to learn about finance and property. Each week, I'll endeavor to speak to and learn from some of those in the industry to help break down the details of the finance and property sector. Today is another installment of the Finance and Property News with Money Saver Home Loans. That is the company I am a part of along with my father and my mother. Each week, my father and I, David, we talk about the latest news and current events in finance and property, and we break them down for the layman, including me, because a lot of this stuff I don't have my head wrapped around. So we hope that this is an informative way for you to learn about some of the topics going ahead. Today on the show, we covered the rise of investor loan applications and how more people are trying to buy houses to rent out as an investment property. We also talked about buy now, pay later schemes and the dangers that they serve to younger people. I hope you enjoy the show. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. So first thing we're going to chat about was the um, the ABS statistics for May. Um, they were yep. showing, so every, every month the ABS brings out statistics about lending data, so telling us over that month, uh, how many people signed up to loans for owner occupied? So getting a loan to yep. live in a house or buying a house to invest, so renting it out, and how many people got loans for that? So a spike in investor lending has been the highest level since 2015 uh, in May mm-hmm. 2021. So it's the highest level they've had in six years to a new high of 32.6 billion dollars. So the lending rose by 13.3 percent during the month. Um, yeah, it was it was in a 20 year low in May 2020 during the peak of COVID. And it's something we've spoken mm-hmm. about a lot, which was that last year, a lot of people who wanted to invest probably didn't get into the market because it was very uncertain at the time. They weren't sure where places where would be a good place to rent out a property because a lot of people yeah. left Sydney and Melbourne. So a lot of people who have rentals in Sydney and Melbourne have had empty apartments for the last year because uh, nobody's renting them. So um, the, the investor commitments were concentrated most, mostly in New South Wales and Victoria, um, the other states yep. not having as much uh, activity. So, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, just look, interesting stats. As you said, um, we did have a bit of a spike in investor lending in 2015, and then that was when APRA um, came in and put sort of the handbrake on and said to banks that you could only have, I think it was 30% of your loan book as um, interest-only loans and loans to investors. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a free-for-all. They sort of put some barriers around it. And then um, and what happened then was, you know, well, investors couldn't get loans and and, um, there was a bit of a... um, a drop off in prices because there was less demand for property. And we had that sort of, it was probably about 2018, 2019 and early 2020, where there was like a bit of a, a price drop in most markets around the place. Then the pandemic hit and people just sort of took a breath, I think, and didn't really know what was going to happen. And then the RBA dropped interest rates and gave the banks the funding facility. And yeah, Lots of interest rates dropped, you know, one, one and a half percent. There was lots of government stimulus. Um, a lot of people weren't travelling. A lot of people who were normally going to travel 
who are first-time buyers decided to buy property because interest rates dropped, um, rents, um, it was cheaper in a lot of places to buy rather than rent. So, you know, that spurred on the first-home buyers. But now that there's a shortage of property and rents are going up, um, investors are now got a bit more confidence and yields are up. So that's why we're seeing almost a return to what happened in 2015. So there's a lot of talk um, in circles that APRA and yeah, maybe maybe the RBA, but probably not because they keep saying they're just going to keep rates low and their job is not to monitor housing pressures. Yeah. But there's a lot of talk that APRA might um, you know, intervene again. Um, there was a story on the ABC News this morning that a lady from ANZ, and she was saying that there could be some changes coming which will reduce the amount of borrowing capacity that people have. So that's normally a couple of years ago, people might remember that the assessment rate for a loan was around 7.25%. And um, it dropped, you know, it's dropped to, you know, some banks' assessment rates are high four to low 5%. So borrowing capacities have gone up quite a lot. Mm. Um, and when people can afford more, can afford to borrow more, um, and there's more of them, there's more demand for property, so more people can spend, so prices sort of rise. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think the stats just showed that investor commitments are up in New South Wales and Victoria, yeah. and that's probably, you know, when stats are low and then they go up, the percentage always looks higher than what it probably normally would do because yeah. it's coming off a low base. But, okay. um, yeah, so Another thing who to knows? add to Another quick yep. note from what you were just saying about assessment rates for those who might not understand what an assessment rate is, because I still am getting my head wrapped around it. You might apply for a loan and the bank's interest rate that they offer to you currently is, let's just say, 2%. But then there'll be an assessment rate, which is actually a lot higher usually than the one they're offering currently. And that rate is yep. what they assess you to be able to pay off the loan at. So they, they, uh -huh. they want to make sure that you're able to make loan repayments each week, um, given what you earn for a living, what your income is, um, if yeah. the interest rate went way up to, let's say, 5%. So they usually assess you at a higher rate to make sure if the interest rate does go up that high, which is a possibility, are you going to be able yeah. to handle paying that off or are you going to struggle? Because if you're going to struggle, they might not want to give you that loan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit of a safety net built into the system because, sure. you know, we know we know that, you know, the bank, the bro brokers and banks do their best to assess people's um, ability to repay loans um, and, you know, go through their bank statements for living expenses and those sorts of things. And it's, yeah. you know, just an extra extra buffer built into the system, which is good. Okay. Um, second thing we're going to talk about was a survey from OpenPay. OpenPay is another of the buy yep. now, pay later schemes, sort of like Afterpay or ZipPay. So they surveyed a thousand yep. Aussies aged 24 to 44. And some of the insights was a little insightful, definitely interesting, but also a bit freaky. So um, uh -huh. more than 50% of those surveyed have used or considered using buy now, pay later schemes to manage their money rather than borrowing it. And many worry yeah. about relying on that scheme to live beyond their means. They recorded a rise in baby boomers and Generation X users. Um, they rise uh -huh. now it's been 33% since the start of 2020. And uh, an interesting thing too about this, that 
a NAB report showed that it's become the fourth most common type of debt held by consumers. Um, so yeah. it's definitely gaining some traction. And it's uh, there was a Ask Me Anything I attended with Credit Fix Solutions, which is um, Victoria mm -hmm. Costa's Credit Fix company. And we talked a little bit about how buy now, pay later schemes seem like a really good option for a lot of people. It sounds like a great way of sort of like lay by was back in the day, but most people don't yeah. realize that it affects your credit score negatively when you sign up to those sorts of schemes. Um, yeah. Last thing I'll add to this that was interesting too. So ClearScore, which is another credit fix company, revealed over the last eight months, the number of consumers running up multiple, so three or more buy now pay later debts, jumped to 30% of the users. And the proportion of those who have missed payments jumped up to 83%. So every time you miss a payment or you're charged extra interest because you can't make a payment, that affects your credit score. So when you try to go to a bank to ask for a loan, if you need to get a phone plan and they check your credit on your phone plan, these are all things that might affect you getting a phone bill. Like being able to get on a new phone plan is if your credit score is like a bit fucked up, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Like with these things, buy now, pay later. Um, what you've got to, what the first thing you've got to do is look at: um, Are you? Do you have? If you had to pay cash now, could you could you afford it? So, are you are you using these things just because it helps smooth your cash flow? So you know, if you wanna if you wanna buy something for five hundred bucks and you can make four fortnightly repayments of one hundred and twenty five. Are you doing that because it smooths your cash flow or are you doing it because you actually can't afford to buy it now? And yeah. if you can't afford to buy it now, I need to think about where you're headed financially because you know, when you start borrowing from tomorrow to pay for today, um, you've got to cut back um, even more because you've got to pay for today plus what you've already borrowed forward from tomorrow. So for sure. it's just just one of those things. Yeah, when people start running, like what we say to people who um, have these facilities, if it's simply a convenience thing, um, that's fine. But if it's you've got a lot of them and you've got defaults and you're not making repayments, um, just, um, just uh, yeah. Probably don't do it. You, know, you probably need to, to to sit down, go through your expenditure, see where you can cut back, and um, yeah, a lot of the stuff you buy, you don't probably need. For sure, it's it's a that idea too of like if you're earning one dollar to spend two, you're probably not heading down the right path. Maybe yeah, yeah, um, exactly. No, that's the same. Yeah, we'll talk on another one. This was Moody Analytics. So Moody Analytics did a um a report warning of the the idea that and this is something that's been talked about for maybe the last six months maybe a year that um the amount of people who are applying for credit so applying for a home loan applying for a personal loan because of how low the interest rate is which means your repayments are a lot lower because it's so cheap to borrow money from a bank um there's a lot of worry that that's going to outstrip income growth um yeah. ABC had an article, I think, two weeks ago that I read that said um, there hasn't really been any material big um, countrywide wage growth for eight years. So yeah. we're not, our wages aren't going up at the same rate or even close to the same rate 
disproportionately speaking, I guess, to uh, credit growth and how many, how much, how many more people are borrowing more money. Um, Moody Analytics from the report estimated 20% of the Australian population is under mortgage stress. The mortgage stress being defined as paying 30% or more of your household income to go towards your mortgage. It's also for renting. If you're paying for more than 30% of your income goes to rent, you're under financial yeah. stress. Um, so I guess it's something you've spoken about over the last couple of weeks on air, I think, that yeah, yeah. I guess if you could explain yeah. it, that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, there's that, that sort of figure of 30%, you know, if you're paying more than 30% um, or more, you know, if you're income in mortgage or payments, they call that mortgage stress. So I suppose the thing is at the moment, interest rates are at a historic, historically low levels. Um, people have to think about what happens when rates go up, and they will. Yeah, you know, may not be this year, may not be next year, but um, so if you've if you've overstretched yourself to get into a house, um, yeah, if you can build up a buffer, you know, we we ask our clients if they can to make an extra fifty dollars a week repayment off their loan from the start, because if your repayment is four fifty a week. Make it 500. That's an extra two and a half grand of repayments you're paying a year. Um, two or three years' time, that's you know three to six months worth of buffer you've got in case you need it. Mm. So yeah, if you lose your job, get crook, um, have a baby, those sorts of things, which you know you might have to drop back to one income for a while. Um, yeah, the more in front you are in your mortgage, the better, especially during the early times when um, at the early at the start of a loan where a lot of the repayments go towards interest for sure so um yeah it's just one of those things look i think at the moment uh, the thing about wages growth the biggest issue for a lot of people is actually having a job at the moment so yeah. um yeah there's there is yeah unemployment's uh down but there's a lot of there's a lot of jobs being supported by the government um, so, yeah, eventually once um, the economy recovers fully, um, yeah, there'll be more profits and hopefully better wages for people. But yeah. at the moment, I think a lot of people are more interested in having a job rather than worrying too much about a pay rise. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, second last thing I had was about credit card and home loan issues. So the Australian Financial Complaints Authority uh, released some data about complaints made by consumers and small businesses. Um, so for the financial year 2021, there were 70,000 complaints made uh, in the financial year 21, ending 30th of June 2021, with 40% of those made about credit products. The four most commonly received credit complaints were related to financial firms failing to respond to requests for assistance, service quality, incorrect fees or costs being charged and responsible lending being around a thousand complaints that were, um, it was in the most, the foremost common. Um, yeah. Yeah. So another interesting part of this was the ombudsman from AFCA saying that complaints involving financial difficulty were down nearly 40% from the numbers we mm -hmm. saw the previous year, which is a good outcome to know that 40% less of people are going to the AFCA to talk about financial hardship. Um, but yeah. I do imagine the financial hardship number was quite high last year. So it may not have been a normal year for them anyway. And maybe it's getting closer yeah. to what and, it should be. Yeah. And, and also during last year, there was lots of um, um, support given to people and businesses by the banks. 
um, you know, if people were impacted. So that was, um, yeah, I don't imagine there'd be too many people complaining because, you know, the banks really did do a good job to support people through the, the you know, the height of the lockdowns and during 2020. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, last thing I had was just a, um, a bit of a mention from a, the AMA we spoke about. So um, Credit Fix Solutions is a company we, um, we know fairly well. Victoria Costa runs that down in Sydney. Um, they're an Australia-wide company that help people with fixing up their credit if they've got any issues with credit scores. There's a few companies that do that sort of work. Um, on their AMA uh, live Ask Me Anything I watched last week, they were talking about a thing called Equifax, which is an interesting uh, company. It's not an ad for them, I guess, but um, it's a company where if you get a membership, you can be notified whenever there's a credit inquiry on your file. So if somebody's trying to fraudulently uh, use your details to apply for credit, maybe apply for a loan or pay for something using your bank details online, you will be notified of it um, and you can actually stay, in, stay ahead of uh, getting a negative credit score as a, as a result. Um, they sort of emphasize that prevention in this case is sort of better than trying to find a cure because people are trying to steal everybody's bank details all the time. It's just the world we live in now. And if you can have something like an Equifax membership, it's like five, $6 a month. Um, and they will notify you to your phone every single time and you can approve or disapprove any, uh, any application made on your credit file and stay in front of it. I thought that was a pretty good tip. Um, was there anything you wanted to add for the episode? Yeah, look, I think on that um, Equifax thing, you know, the starting point for a lot of people when you are applying for a loan or thinking about getting credit is get a copy of your free credit report from Equifax. If you type in Equifax, E-Q-U-I-F-A-X, yeah. free credit report, it'll take you to the link. Um, get, a look at your, get a look at your credit report because um, quite often, you know, we'll ask people what, loans they've had and what um, credit facilities they either have had or have, either have had or currently have. And it's amazing how many times people forget things. Yeah. So um, the first thing the bank will do is check your credit report. And if you have a $4,000 yeah, credit card and it hasn't been addressed in your application or if you've gone direct to the bank and you haven't told them about it, that's the first thing they're going to ask you about. In the old days, a bank would just decline you straight away for mm. undisclosing a credit yeah. card. But a lot of the times, I think the banks realise now that you know people just can't remember some of the things they've had. And you know, we've we've got a client who you know we had a client who had one with his ex-wife that was still going um, that he'd completely forgotten about. So he got the ex-wife to um, close it. And yeah, we moved on. So the Equifax membership, yeah, it's not a bad idea if that's sort of the sort of um, protection you want. Um, but, you know, you can get your free credit report every uh, year. Yeah. You can also get your credit score um, through um, Get Credit Score if you jump on online and search that. And they will send you a monthly update of your credit score. So that's another way of tracking it. Um, you know, if your credit scores 800 and then for some reason drops to 650, you can then maybe get the Equifax report to see why that's happened. Because, yeah, it could be someone who um, um, is 
you know, yeah, there might be people trying to open credit in your name. Um, yeah, it happens quite a lot, ID fraud and that sort of thing. So yeah, just something to uh, keep an out an eye out for. A free a free sort of ad for credit fix. Um, if we've got people who have um, credit issues, we refer them to credit fix. Um, yeah, if if the if the borrower or the the client can't sort the issue out themselves. So um, yeah, they're very good people. One of the things that's you know, investor growth we've mentioned, the other thing that's happening a lot now is just still um, a lot of people refinancing. So if you've got a loan and you've been in it for two or three years, or you're paying a rate that's high twos or in the three or 4%, um, or your parents are, um, yeah, you just throw money down the toilet. So that's yeah. something that people need to be aware of. Um, there's been a bit of talk about bank delays and um, closure of bank branches. Um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the the bigger banks realizing that a lot of people well, one bank branch hours aren't exactly um, uh, customer friendly. Nine thirty yeah. to four. Um, you got to wear a mask, you got to you know, sign in, you got to check in, you got to check out, you got to do all this stuff. So, you know, there's there's talk about the number of branches that are going to be closed over the coming years, which I think will drive more, more borrowers to brokers. So I think that's sort of, you know, something that we're going to see more of. Um, there's a, there was a bit of talk, and we'll have to follow this one over the coming months, is about using super about using your super as equity in a house purchase. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about family guarantees and how you can use equity in, say, your parents' or siblings' house to support your property purchase. Yeah. And there's some talk um, that some of the banks, and Westpac was the one that was mentioned in the article I read, where you know Westpac might say to people, well, you know, we, we'll, we'll take security but it'll be in your super. So, yeah, one of the things around people in retirement, one of the greatest contributors to wealth in retirement is whether you own a house or rent it. Yeah. So the more people that own a house, um, yeah, the less call there's going to be probably for the government, um, yeah, to, to support people. Sure. And the only other one was just, just around, and this is something I think people need to be wary of, with the massive house price growth that we've had, um, recently, a lot of people are now looking at apartments as an option to get into the market. Now, if you're looking for a place to live in and you want to live in an apartment, happy days, go for it. But if you're looking as an apart at an apartment for an investment, um, have a good think about it. There's usually not too much capital growth with apartments because of the lack of land, um, and you might be better buying a property like a house or a townhouse in a cheaper growth location and there's plenty of them around the country so okay. yeah for people that are sort of sitting there thinking i want to get in the market but i can't afford it i'll just buy an apartment to get me in the market yeah you don't want to you don't want to end up in five years time with an apartment that's only worth what you paid for it mm. Yeah, yeah there's no equity to leverage. So just, just be careful with that stuff. But yeah, if people want to get in contact with us um, via Facebook, search Money Saver Home Loans, uh, we're on the website and there's lots of good calculators and stuff there. And if you need help finding a good investment property, we work with all the national buyers agents um, who can 
help you for a cost um, and get access to off-market properties and and properties that are going to you know, serve you well for the future. For sure. Beautiful. We'll get out of here, get out of here on that one. <laughs>